Welcome to the Moms Who Money podcast, where every week we chat about all things related to money, mom life, mindset, and spirituality. I'm your host, Eileen Joy, and I am a money and mindset coach for moms, teaching you how to confidently go from living paycheck to paycheck to making money easy. Money doesn't have to be hard. It is possible to break the chains, and I'm going to show you how. Get ready to join the Moms Who Money. Welcome back to the Moms Who Money podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. This episode is for you if you're feeling stuck and hoping that your New Year's resolutions will finally come true this year. If you find value in what you hear today, please consider sharing this episode with someone that you care about. And also, share a screenshot and the link to the show on your socials. It could change another woman's life if they're looking for help with their finances. The ripple effect that you can start is huge just by you simply sharing the show. And please also consider rating the show five stars if you listen on Apple iTunes or on Spotify. It will take you one second to do. If you listen on Apple iTunes, you also have the ability to write a review so that it helps other women just like you find the show. The more ratings and reviews that the show has, the algorithm will then share the show more and more. There's just too many women out there that want help with their money and don't know where to find help. And we can all work together to help each other. I also love it when you tag me at Eileen Joy Money Coach so that I can see which episodes that you're enjoying most. This is the time of year when we start thinking about how we can change our lives for the better. You promise yourself that this year you're going to keep your New Year's resolutions and follow through past February (laughs) or even March. I have a few friends that own gyms. And they all say that January is always so busy with people signing up and the gyms are just packed with people waiting for machines. And there's also really long waiting lists for their workout classes. I've also been on the customer end of the gym crowds for the first few months of every year. And my favorite gym or workout studio classes, they just fill up so fast. Sometimes it's a challenge even for me to get a spot. And like, I'm a regular, I'm there all year long. I get really upset if I can't get into my favorite class. I've always wished that they would do something like a priority VIP pass for the regular crowd, you know, that would be awesome. But then all of a sudden, the end of February, beginning of March, it's back to normal with just the regular crowd. Have you ever noticed this too? Whether or not you're going to the gym or whatever your resolutions are, maybe you've tried journaling or meditating and you try to get up before the kids get up in the morning for some alone time, if that's possible. But after a little while, you just kind of give up. And maybe you've told yourself that this year you're going to start eating healthy or that you'll finally get your finances under control. Whatever it is that's most important to you seems important for a short period of time and then it seems that like life just happens and then all of a sudden you've stopped going to the gym and you're hitting snooze until the last possible second before you have to get your kids ready for school and yourself up for work and then you're back at the drive-thru at your favorite fast food place and you're adding to cart on a daily basis and you're on a first name basis with the delivery drivers from UPS or FedEx. Have you been able to keep your New Year's resolution so far? I mean, we're just about to start the third week of January. If not, you're not alone. According to a research study, only 9% of Americans that make resolutions actually complete them. 
And in fact, research goes on to show that 23% of people quit their resolution by the end of the first week and 43% quit by the end of January. So if you're still going, you've got a fighting chance. But why does this happen? It's simple, really. Life gets busy and it's just easy to fall back into old patterns if you're really not paying attention to what's actually important to you. And if it's not a priority for you, and if it's not a burning desire, if you don't want it so bad, you're just going to let it slide. One of the things that I love about being a mentor is to be there for my clients and to remind them of what they really want and to ensure that they get it and that they can make it happen themselves. And when we let life happen to us and we don't have that support, it's so easy to let it go. You tell yourself you'll just do it tomorrow or next week or next month, and then it's never. And then next January, you try again. Does this sound familiar? Is this like a cycle, right? I've always had a mentor or a coach in my corner there to guide me to reach my goals. Someone that I can trust and calls me out on my BS. I mean, have you ever been afraid to do something and then you just talk yourself out of it like 10 different ways, right? And then you just overthink it so much. And then in your mind, you've already failed, yet you haven't even tried. I've done that too much. I'm a high achiever just like you. All high achievers overthink. And then we procrastinate because of that thing called perfectionism. And you want it to be perfect or you want to feel ready or maybe you need more time to do the thing or whatever you're telling yourself, right? But ultimately, you just don't do it because you're just too afraid. You're afraid of the what if it doesn't work, but what if it does? If I didn't have someone there on my side helping me through my own fears and my own BS and through my procrastinating, right, I never would have even started this podcast or even my business. Right? I was actually in the middle of taking a course on how to start a podcast when my father passed away. And I could have just said, well, you know, my dad died, so I'm just not going to move forward with my goals. And sure, you know, I took time off to grieve. Of course I did, right? It's my dad. But I didn't let that stop me. I could have, but because I have a trusted mentor on my side, she helped me get through it. And here I am today, still going. I'm here for you. Still missing my dad, my dad gave the best hugs. I miss his hugs. But it got me thinking. There's this awesome poem that I love. It's called The Dash by Linda Ellis. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but I love this poem. And I read it often, especially when I'm feeling down and also when I'm creating my goals. This poem talks all about the importance of your dash right? The dash that's written between the day you're born and the day you die. This poem really makes you think about how you want to live out all of those years in between those two really big significant dates, your birth and your death. And it makes you think about like your own legacy and how you can live your own life to the fullest because you never know when your next day will be your last. I'm going to read the poem to you because I love this poem so much, and you might even want to rewind this a few times to re-listen to it to just really get the message. Okay, The Dash by Linda Ellis. I read of a man who stood to speak at a funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on the tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of birth and spoke of the following date with tears, but he said that what mattered most was all the dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time they spent alive on earth 
And now only those who loved them know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live and love and how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left and that can still be rearranged. To be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering that this special dash might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say about how you lived your dash? I love that poem. I just absolutely love that poem. I was having a conversation recently with my therapist about all the things that I want to do before I die and all the little things, the day-to-day stuff that fills the minutes and hours of my life, like all the people I want in my life, who I want to spend the most time with, and doing the things that really light me up. I spent most of my life worrying about things. It doesn't matter what it was. I worried about it. I remember a flight that I had taken years ago to Seattle from Atlanta, and I was reading this book. It's called How to Stop Worrying and Start Living by Dale Carnegie. You've might have heard of it. I actually had a few people, including the flight attendant, ask me what I was so worried about. And I thought at the time, isn't everyone worried like I am? Well, apparently not. I actually had extreme anxiety, and I didn't even realize it until then. I mean, childhood trauma will do that to you, for sure. My son is really into astrophysics. We both love following Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's amazing. If you've never heard of him, go Google him, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I heard a talk with him a while back, and something that he said really stayed with me. So, of course, I wrote it down. It's so profound and really fitting with the poem, The Dash. This is what he said. I'm going to read it to you. One day we're all going to die. However, not enough of us spend time celebrating the fact that we were alive at all. You're so lucky that you get to die. Most humans who could never exist never will. There are by far more humans that have not come into existence than do exist. So the fact that you exist at all is against stupefying odds of who gets born and who does not. Realizing this, that we are alive and we get to die. And to get to die means that you get to live. And any moment you spend squandering those moments that you're alive does disrespect to all of those who will never even be born. Rewind that and listen to that again. I just love it so much. And it just, it really blows my mind every time I look at it and every time I read it. So the main theme that I really want you to get is that we're all brainwashed, right? We're brainwashed into thinking that we have to achieve the American dream. Go to school, get good grades, graduate, go to college, spend a ton of money on college, go into debt before you get your first job, graduate, and possibly go on to get another degree that will keep you in debt for the rest of your life, and maybe continue school for yet another degree and even more debt, and then graduate, and then get an entry-level job somewhere that hardly covers your bills. 
so that you have to move back in with your parents or live in a house with seven other people just to afford it and then overspend on a car that you can't afford and then marry the first person that you settle for and have kids, adopt some pets, go further into debt and then ultimately feel stuck and possibly get divorced and then make your life even harder. Ah, the American dream. Sounds amazing, doesn't it? (laughs) The one thing that we all need, no matter what, is money. You can get a job, you can start a business, maybe a side hustle, you could marry for money, you can divorce for money, you can win the lottery. I mean, there's there's so many ways to make money, right? But ultimately, the one thing that we as a society cannot live without is money. And this is where your dash becomes important. So think about where you are in your life right now. How old are you? How far away from retirement are you now? Where do you work? Do you like what you do? Do you tell yourself that you have a soul-sucking job? Do you love what you do? How do you live your days right now? Do you have kids? How old are they? What, where are they in their lives right now? Are they babies, toddlers, elementary, middle, or high school age? Maybe they're in college. Have they moved out yet and they're on their own? Like, where are you in your life right now? Where are your kids in their life right now? Because you and your kids need money to live in this society. We no longer trade goats and chickens for spices and seeds to live, right? We, we all need income. And if you look around, the, the world right now is going mad. I know I've mentioned this before, but the world is not right right now. Mental health issues are at an all-time high. Suicide rates are going through the roof. It's getting harder and harder to afford basic necessities like food, <laughs> housing, transportation. And kids that are in college now are in for a really rude awakening when they graduate. And if your kids are in college now, I mean, are you planning for them to come home and live with you indefinitely, right? Until maybe they find a roommate to rent with or get married. Will they even be prepared to understand how to live on their own? I mean, did you when you first moved out of your parents' house? No. No one teaches us how to do that. I didn't know how to do that. I had to just figure it out. We all strive for happiness, right? And yet most of us are miserable. And then we pretend that we're happy. And unfortunately, social media is filled with all that fake happiness. So it makes us feel worse because we're miserable and then we see all this fakeness and then it just sends you down this emotional spiral of shame. So what I make sure that I do with my clients is to create the life that you really want and then use your money as a tool to make that happen. As you know, personal finance is personal, right? And we all live differently. We all have different dreams and goals. We all want different things out of life. And remember that money is just a tool. Like in the kitchen, we have a canister of tools on the counter that we use when we cook, right? We have our appliances that are tools that help us to prepare foods differently. I mean, you wouldn't use a bread machine to make mashed potatoes, right? (laughs) You wouldn't use a potato masher to scrape cake batter into a pan, right? You'd use a rubber scraper. I mean, all money is, is learning how to use the tools and which bucket to put it in and then learning how to use the bucket. That's really all it is, right? Remember those four buckets? Saving, investing, giving, and spending. And unless you work for the government or another agency that provides you a pension, you're responsible for saving for your own future. I mean, even pensions might not even give you enough to live on when you choose to retire. And It's really not about how much you make, it's about how much you keep. And once you start thinking about your own dash and 
how you want to live the rest of your life and how you want to teach your kids what's really important in life and money. We were never taught that we were responsible for our own selves, right? And that there has to be a net somewhere to catch us when we fall. But of course, we would help our kids in an emergency, but we also need to teach them how to help themselves if they have an emergency, right? That way, we break that generational pattern of always running home when the money runs out. And we need to teach our kids to be self-sufficient so that then they will teach their kids how to be self-sufficient. So it's up to us to change that paradigm of how we talk about, think about, and teach our kids about money. But it all starts with you, right? You need to be the one to change the paradigm within yourself so that you can teach your kids how to be set for life. It's you that needs to decide that now is the time to stop being afraid to look at your money and face it. Because once you do, you'll wonder why you waited so long. My son and I talk about money like it's the weather. It's not a big deal. It's just a normal conversation between us. He's going to be a multimillionaire by the time he's my age, and he'll have the opportunity of choice. And he'll get to choose if he wants to work or not. If he's living his dash the way that he chooses, he'll already be loving his life. So when you create your New Year's resolutions and you think about how you really want to live your life, what you're always worried about, and what keeps you up at night, think about your dash. What do you really want? What do you really want to be doing with your life right now? You might even say you don't know, and that's okay. Because when I got divorced, I was asked that question, and I didn't know either. It's all part of the work that we do for ourselves, right? We're on this personal growth journey. All of this is part of that journey, right? And you're exploring yourself. You're learning about who you are. And now that helps you to know what you don't want when you don't know. It's really good if you don't know, because at least you know what you don't want, right? And what you don't want gives you clues for what you do want. And then you can also start trying new things just to see if you like it or not. And if you do, great, add that to the list. And if you don't, that's more data for finding out what you do and don't like. This really is what life is about, just finding the joy in our dash. The dash is a very little line where a speck on a dot in a huge universe floating around, worrying about things that really don't matter for a really short time. Like in the grand scheme of things, we're here for, if we're lucky, a hundred years out of billions, right? So this dash is very meaningful to you. This is your dash. So find something today that you can be grateful for. Maybe you got to spend some extra time with your kids and you had so much fun today. Or maybe you got to spend some rare alone time and that was awesome and restful. Or maybe you got to take a beautiful walk on a new hiking trail where you got to enjoy the fresh, clean, and crisp air. Or maybe you just woke up today and that's enough. I would love to know what you resonated with this week because this topic can be really heavy and it can bring up some big emotions. And I want you to remember that it's okay to cry. Your body needs to cry to let out some strong emotions and the strong feelings, right? So let it out. Stop stuffing. Let it out. And then you can do some deep belly breathing too. Whenever my son gets super stressed out, I have him blow up a balloon using deep belly breaths And he almost instantly feels better. And also blowing bubbles helps too. And it's a lot of fun. I love blowing bubbles. And when you do those deep belly breaths and you start breathing and like just breathing in general helps to soothe 
your stress. It calms the body down. It calms down your nervous system. Let me know if you try this because it works. I'd love to know if this helps you. So please reach out to me and let me know. You can always reach out to me through my website at momswhomoney.com. My contact info is always in the show notes and you can message me anytime on social media. I'm here for you when you're ready for money coaching and I'll help you every step of the way to reach your money goals. And take a moment to thank yourself for being here today and taking the time to invest in yourself. And remember that you are your own best investment. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, please share on your social media and tag me at Eileen Joy Money Coach so I can see which episodes you're loving. The only way this podcast grows is by you sharing it. Please rate, review, and subscribe down below. See you next week.